This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Pain. Dot TV slash gold. How is everyone doing today? I hope you're well. You know, when I ask, how is everyone doing today? Sometimes I am just hoping that someone will yell out, I'm doing great. But then I realize I'm just sitting here talking into a camera all by myself in my studio down here in the basement. All right, folks, we are in the middle of dissecting and dismantling this speech from 2018 by none other than Dr. James Giordano at the Modern War Institute at West Point Military Academy. And we've learned a lot of stuff from James Giordano. And you know what, folks? It made me start going and digging a little bit, okay? I started looking up some additional information because as you know we've been talking about the transcranial electronic stimulation helmets and the transcranial intracranial devices that get planted inside your head and so sometimes you start to go wait a second what is all this stuff what are we talking about here and essentially what we're looking at is you have an implantable device and just think of it in simple terms like elon musk like brain chip and if you listen to all of those episodes, I don't know what there were, maybe six, where we analyzed the Neuralink company in depth, showed you who's behind it, shows you how it works, shows the different trials they've done on animals. And so basically, they drill a hole in the back of your skull and then cut the lining that encases your brain and pull that open, and then they implant a thousand wires down into your brain with 1024 electrodes on each one and then they seal up that hole with a wi-fi i'm sorry a bluetooth enabled chip about the size of a quarter and it's like having a fitbit or an iWatch stuck into the back of your head and the idea behind that is that will connect you up to the cloud And, um, you know, they claim it fixes everything from paralysis to dementia and everything in between. But then there's superhuman powers you're going to get out of that, which are being connected to the cloud and access to this AI hive mind made up from 
all of the other information that they suck from all the other people who have these brain chips inside of their head and then you'll have access to sort of this hive mind this super intelligence um you know all the way down to simple terms of basically connecting the internet into your head and basically having your smartphone embedded into your skull and so you can listen to a lot of these transhumanist technocrats talk about this stuff from everyone from ray kurzweil to elon musk to peter thiel to all of these military doctors so you have the implantable device and then you have what giordano what dr charles morgan iii has talked about this transcranial electronic stimulation helmet which is a non-invasive helmet that you put on almost like a virtual reality augmented reality helmet and that will be able to read and write to the brain as well but not hitting as directly as precisely as the brain chip with the thousand wires will do so this is the kind of technology we're into talking about right now so what i decided to do folks was a little bit of digging on this because what i fear is coming is possibly the next version of facebook's oculus vr or apple's ar vr headsets that we started reviewing the other day having some sort of consumer grade you know stimulation device connected to it can they access that through the apple the 12 cameras in there the face sensor skin sensors the thimbles that you wear on your fingers i mean are they merging what is this military technology with what will be the consumer grade technology and will there be this bridge technology between let's say the Neuralink brain chip and the oculus vr headset that we see now and uh so that's what i started digging into folks and i'm going to show you a little bit of this it's not ready for you know prime time i haven't really started digging into every company involved with it the backers the investors but since we know the concepts since we know sort of the the methodology behind it comes from the military comes from darpa going all the way back to at least the 1970s when darpa was working on neuroscience or brain science working on all of this neurotechnology we know this stuff grows out of the government and then eventually finds its way into the private sector or through uh, academia uh, all pushed by the government funded by the government backed by the government the state as we call it here the state and so i'm going to show you a little bit about what i found before we go back into giordano because i think it's important that we back up and sort of look at the science let's see what we're talking about is this stuff really being built or is giordano just a standalone quack and he's sitting there talking to the cadets and the faculty at west point military academy and he's just a total you know pothead freak show no no this stuff is being built uh it's being discussed in the trades there's clinical trials going on so i will show you that momentarily ladies and gentlemen first let me just thank everyone the apple podcast ratings are going up uh um i think we had about 10 people in the last few days leave a five-star rating so please continue to do that it helps us a lot uh leave a comment if you can i enjoy those it really helps people who are interested in the show see what people like you are saying about it folks um 
so thank you to everyone who's done that. Thank you to everyone who's joined pain.tv slash gold. I will have uh, new numbers in the coming days from Mike Moore. I um, hope you're having a good time over there. We are going to have a discussion with uh, Mike next week about some of the other things that I am wargaming now, mapping out, bulleting that I want to do over at pain.tv. I just need access to the back end of the platform so I can start uploading more content over there for you guys all right so that's that thank you all very much thank you for continuing to send intelligence to us if you want to reach out to us on any of the social media platforms the descriptions are in the link and then for those of you who wanted to be able to uh, leave a donation there's a couple different tiers uh, what we're doing over on that end and i'm going to try to finish that up over the weekend and get that out to everyone uh the baby could be coming any day now so we are excited about that my wife will be very happy to uh to get that child out of her belly it is getting quite big she stayed quite trim through this whole process folks going to the ymca every day working out eating healthy farm fresh foods and so she's trim so her belly looks like a a big bowling ball right now it's actually quite beautiful so that should be coming any day when it does we will give you updates on that folks all right let me jump into this stuff right now i don't want to you know screw around too much today because i do want to try to pack a lot of information into this episode here so i am over at uh it's blog of the apa apa okay adam peter adam and uh so this website, folks, is quite interesting. I started Googling around, and I was looking for information on neuroscience and transhumanism. Since uh, James Giordano's lecture focuses on neuroscience, as he said, it would be called brain science. And back in 2018, when he gave the speech, he said it had been around for about 40 years. So you'd be talking going back to about 1978. So I start doing a little bit of research on Giordano, and I want to start to see the ties of neuroscience, which we know it does tie, into transhumanism, because at the end of the day, their goals are not about repairing the brain. It's about merging man with machine. I'm, they're all pretty much honest about that, whether it's coming from government, military, academia, private sector. And they have everyone out there talking about it. So I find this article on this blog.apaonline.org. And this is by Nayef Al Rodin, February 19, 2019, and it's Neurophilosophy and Transhumanism. And I'm not going to go through all of this right now because I do have several episodes planned in the coming weeks to talk about technocracy and transhumanism and the merger of the two into what I call technocratic transhumanism. But uh, it says right here, the history of humanity is a history of self-improvement. And part of that history is pursuing neurochemical gratification, except for rare cases of mental illnesses where gratification seeking behavior is absent. Most people, most of the time, seek gratification because gratification seeking is the norm medical research has found ways to support those patients whose neuronal and neurochemical 
circuitry for gratification-seeking behavior is affected. In recent decades, however, and especially in the 21st century, pharmacology, genetic interventions, and biomedical technology have advanced solutions for enhancing neurochemical gratification far beyond therapeutic needs. Discussions of human enhancement have become more and more popular recently, as the reality of human enhancement is being seriously taken into account in the future of work, ethics, the military, and warfare. Again, so now they're talking about human enhancement, and this is transhumanism. All right, the merger of man and machine. So it's essentially what they're talking about, and this human gratification can go far beyond therapeutics now, that they have the ability to enhance humans, okay? Let's continue. Human enhancement is different from medical therapeutic interventions in fundamental ways. It refers to, quote, the use of innovative technologies to augment or enhance human functions and abilities beyond the replacement of dysfunctional cellular groups and organs, end quote. All right, that's very important, folks, and that falls right into line with what we've heard Dr. Peter Emanuel explain in the Military.com Left to Boom podcast that we reviewed, where he said there is a difference between an enhancement and augmentation enhancement is repairing a function that was lost where augmentation is giving someone a greater version of that uh, function okay so you lose your leg in war they give you a biomechanical leg that does uh, what your leg that you lost used to do that's an enhancement augmentation would be they give you a leg that can kick through a steel plate okay something that a regular leg cannot do let's read that one more time because it's highly important human enhancement is different from medical therapeutic interventions in fundamental ways it refers and they're saying human enhancement refers to uh, whereas peter emmanuel said enhancement is just replacing giving you back what you lost augmentation would be to give you something greater but they're saying i've seen it used throughout different articles different ways see it's one of the reasons why we have to break a lot of this stuff down is because the terminology all right this lexicon that they've developed is not standard across the board folks it's not so it can get quite confusing because different of these experts use different terms for the same thing or they'll say one thing means x and someone else will say no that means y so they're talking about human enhancement refers to quote the use of innovative technologies to augment or enhance human functions and abilities beyond the replacement of dysfunctional cellular groups and organs so they're saying that enhancement or augmentation is the same thing but essentially what they're saying is transhumanism all right merger of man and machine to make humans greater it goes on to say human enhancement therefore does not aim to repair heal or fix damage or lost functions but to enhance cognitive or physical abilities of healthy individuals okay so that's saying Human enhancement does not aim to repair, heal, or fix damaged or lost functions, but to enhance cognitive or physical abilities of healthy individuals. So what they're 
saying here is that human enhancement is not about repairing as peter emmanuel said it's about repairing but they're saying it's not about repairing this is about enhancing making greater cognitive or physical abilities of healthy individuals so instead of me having lost my leg i come in there with two normal legs and they give me a leg that can kick through a steel plate so all I want to do with this is make sure as we move on, as we move forward through these different lectures, different speeches, different white papers, that we are clear about what we are talking about. I'm going to start to build my own index of terms so that I can keep reminding you. And then this way, when you're doing research or you're listening to other podcasts or watching documentaries, you will know, okay, this is what they're referring to. This is what they're not referring to. And sometimes you'll understand Peter Emanuel may use the term enhancement uh, differently than this gentleman in this article here, Al Roden. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, when I get back, we'll finish this up. I need to show you this. It's very important. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. And you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Dustin Gold Standard. I am Dustin Gold, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. Folks, if you haven't signed up over there yet, for a few dollars a month, just a few bucks a month, folks, you can get access to the ad-free video version of this podcast, the Dustin Gold Standard, as well as the Thomas Paine podcast featuring Mike Moore and co-host Maria Albanese on Fridays, folks. Plus, access to a like-minded group of individuals who are sharing intelligence on a Facebook-like app and website. It's fantastic, folks. Fantastic place to meet people. In fact... I have someone uh, from the pain.tv slash gold community uh, who I also speak to on Twitter, and I think they're going to come on for an interview in the coming days. I'm setting that up, folks. As you know, I'm trying to work in more interviews over here at the Dustin Gold Standard. Broaden my horizons, folks. Expand my knowledge. And this person has been going back and re-watching all of the movies having to do with artificial intelligence and dystopian themes. And they're saying, Dustin, everything that you're explaining over there, all the technology that you're uncovering, all the research that you're doing, has all been laid out in all of these sci-fi movies over the last 50 years and i said damn right damn right so i said why don't you come on for a discussion and uh give me a list of all these movies and i'll pull clips and we'll talk about that that'll be a fun episode i just couldn't do it myself because i don't want to sit there and talk about movies by myself but i think that'll be fun and this person came from the pain.tv slash gold community as did dana who we talked to recently good friend of mine dan Golvach is a member so uh we're going to start bringing more people on from within the community all right let me just get a sip of tea my cold is almost gone by the way Almost gone, folks. All right. This article goes on to say, (laughs) excuse me, and you'll see why this is important. This says psychostimulants such as Adderall 
which we talked about, and the FDA now is concocting an Adderall shortage, and they were going to replace Adderall with ketamine, psychedelic ketamine. But it says, uh, such as Adderall, commonly prescribed for treating disorders, such as attention deficit hyperactivity, ADHD, and narcolepsy, are increasingly spread on university campuses and in the workplace in order to augment focus organizational and learning skills other non-pharmacological methods for cognitive enhancement include brain stimulation techniques with electricity one example is transcranial magnetic stimulation okay now you're gonna see why we're gonna get into this because i started to look into transcranial electronic stimulation helmets and all this other stuff that we've been hearing come out of charles morgan elon musk and james giordano and i'm starting to figure out if this stuff ties into vr and ar headsets as i mentioned yesterday i started to think hey That would be a great way to introduce this stuff to the masses. We already see that they are combining virtual reality and augmented reality with psychedelics uh, right in the Veterans Administration hospitals. Okay, it goes on here. One example is transcranial magnetic stimulation in which a magnetic coil is placed above a part of the skull and delivers magnetic pulses to the brain area beneath the skull and is considered to be a generally inexpensive method for enhancing cognition and learning in adults. Maybe I should do a live, uh, a live show where I hook myself up to this thing. It goes on to say, scientists do warn, however, of undesired health effects and urge caution, especially in young users whose brain is still in development. Such warnings may come already too late, considering that enhancement kits that promise fast learning, pain relief, increased productivity, and less stress are already available for low prices on the Internet. And don't worry, folks. I'm going to show you that. I mean, I look at it this way. If I'm someone who's starting to look at this stuff for the first time, maybe I came across it a few years back, but for the first time, I would imagine many of you, not all of you, but many of you, probably the vast majority, have not seen this stuff yet, folks. I mean, I introduced uh, deep fake videos, digital twin, mind twin, stuff like that to you, and there was many, many, many people emailing me who had not heard of this before, and I assumed, man, am I giving people boring information? Is this intelligence they've already gotten? And so I'm going to go forward with this. I assume this is something that you probably have not heard of. It goes on to say they are advertised for clinical purposes, but also for enhancement and leisure purposes. Since 2013, when the first consumer transcranial direct current stimulation, that's called TDCS, and again, we're going to start building an index of this stuff, folks. So TDCS, and then earlier we talked about enhancement uh, versus augmentation, augmentation, and all this being part of the transhumanist lexicon, folks. So this consumer transcranial direct current stimulation, TDCS device, appeared on the market. So back in 2013, it says this appeared. A dozen other companies have started selling similar products with prices going as low as $40 for some of the basic kits that contain wires, electrodes, and headbands, which the consumer can then assemble at home. 
Despite the fact that uncertainty about both efficiency and health implications continue to loom, the market and the interest in human enhancement are probably growing. Moreover, if the development we have seen over the past decades in other technologies is an indication, neurotechnologies and implantable devices for neurostimulation and for physical enhancement are poised to become exponentially more efficient and potent. This comes with a host of ethical and philosophical dilemmas. Okay, now the ethical stuff is never a question. All right, you and I feel that this stuff is unethical, immoral, probably anti-human, but I don't think the people that are developing it really care about the ethics at the end of the day. They just need to convince enough people so that they can start selling these things on Amazon and in the stores. But I want to continue with this because, again, let me just bring you back up to the top and remind you, we're talking about neurophilosophy and transhumanism. All right, so this is this neuroscience and and transhumanism and how they fit together and i think it's important to bring this into context because we're listening to a military doctor james giordano talking about neuroscience and brain science and mind tapping (coughs) excuse me and drugging people and transcranial devices so it's important that we really understand this stuff before we go deeper into James Giordano because he talks so fast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is James Giordano right here with the neural philosophy, neural philosophy. And so imagine him, like he gets up there in front of this audience. He goes, when the first consumer transcranial direct stimulation helmet TCDS device appeared on the market, a dozen and other companies have started selling similar products with prices going as low as $40 for some of the basic kits. All right, so sometimes we have to stop we have to break this stuff down this goes on to say i wish to briefly highlight some of the ethical concerns related to human enhancement and especially dwell on this issue from the standpoint of neuro philosophy two major objections to enhancement technologies are related to fairness and authenticity all right so this is from within the industry right interventions to augment human cognitive and physical abilities are often regarded as deviances from what is natural and customary norms, with the notable exception of sports and military use, where ethics is concerned with somewhat different questions. Achievements obtained through enhancements are considered unearned and unworthy of praise. Moreover, they can even further deepen the gap between haves and have-nots, considering that the most expensive and radical forms of enhancement can be first accessed by wealthier groups of society. And this isn't the first time we've seen this discussion. All right, the military has this discussion. Elon Musk has had this discussion. So basically, the ethical discussion has been wargamed. Uh, probably people like Yuval Noah Harari, the king philosopher of the fourth industrial revolution in the World Economic Forum, come together at a table. They do this stuff in World Economic Forum conferences, too, right out in the open. And they talk about ethics, and then they basically define the ethical case, and then they send out the uh, facts, they send out the memo, they send out the bullet points in an email to all the people in the various industries. And so you will see the discussion on ethics being the same throughout the military, academia, private sector, and the government. It's all concocted. 
But let's continue here because this is important. It says, this is a valid concern, although it deserves further reflection in many instances. A purportedly uh, meritocratic system will be certainly comprised by enhancements. However, the full picture of implications deserves a more nuanced discussion. As pointed by others in this debate, if we consider that earning something implies hard work and sacrifice, it could well be claimed that perhaps the person purchasing enhancements also worked hard to afford the enhancement. Additionally, would the theme of unfairness still hold if the enhancement if the enhanced individual achieved an act of great social benefit, such as selflessly defending others against crimes? Would unfairness also hold if a student from a precious a precarious background who had to have several employments to fund their studies took enhancement drugs in order to learn faster and make up for the time they could not use for study but for work that benefited others if we recognize the problems of social immobility and marginalization is it still unethical to regard the use of enhancements as a form of dishonesty in applied context the ethical dimensions of enhancement can become less clear-cut all right you see how this is working how this is shaping up folks so they're going to make the discussion involved with ethics about all these different hypothetical situations so if i go and i get enhanced to become a cyborg soldier and then I fight in the military or I'm a RoboCop police officer, then I used my enhancement for the good of society and therefore it's okay. Or they're going to get into the fact that if I worked really hard shoveling pig crap at a farm and saved all my pennies for 10 years so that I can get the enhancement, I really did earn it. Or if I am going to study really hard, I mean, all of these different hypothetical situations that they're going to frame up, folks. How about the fact that we are not going to move towards engineering humanity out of existence? See, no one's going to make that argument. They're all going to try to play semantics. They're all going to try to create all these hypothetical situations. What if this? What if that? Where people should push back and say, no, we don't want to engineer humanity out of existence. And in order to fight something like this, if I were giving a speech in front of a specific group, I don't even know what that is. I've been thinking about it. Who else wants to learn about this? Who would we talk to? Because all we end up being is against something. I'm against transhumanism. Well, how would we sell this case to other people? How would we make this case and sell it to other people? How would we present this in a way that we're not just against something, but we're against something that is affecting everyone, which would be, as I've said, the engineering of humanity out of existence? Because the truth is, and I think you understand this, I think I've made it clear, is that if you allow these scientists, these doctors, these engineers to continue to tweak the human they will eventually come to the conclusion, it's a logical conclusion, that humans are just inefficient and therefore we will make something better. Right now they are focused on hacking and pirating and hijacking the human, but they are also working on engineering and out of existence. That is what is happening, folks.
you can take a bicycle and perfect it to the point that it becomes an electric car, but eventually you're going to engineer the bicycle out of existence. And that is where I see this stuff going. When we come back, let me show you what is already on the market and where this is moving. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. I am Dustin Gold, and this is pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks. Let me jump right back into this. So that article, I've got it bookmarked. I'll eventually come back to it. There's a lot of really good information in there, but basically, as I said, this stuff isn't ready for prime time. I'm just starting to share with you some research I'm doing um, for myself in this area because I'm eventually going to work uh, into this and try to put together some different theories on where I think this is going in the future. But I thought this was important to cover before we get back into James Giordano, since he is talking about all of these transcranial devices and implantable devices. So right now I have scientificamerican.com up. And this is an article from January 2017. And this is Do Do-It-Yourself Brain Booster Devices Work? Zapping the cranium may juice up neuron circuits and use is rising, but there might be a cognitive price. So let me just read a little from this because, again, this is all new to me, folks. I didn't realize people are sitting at home already zapping their brains. I mean, I know about virtual reality, augmented reality, but I didn't know there's actually people sitting around zapping their brains. And now we know that they're getting access to psychedelic ketamine at home. So there's going to be all kinds of weirdos walking around, folks. You wonder why there's so many crazy drivers on the road. It's not just because people are staring into their phone and texting or sitting there doing a gig service looking for their next DoorDash McDonald's delivery. Uh, There could be people walking around with zappers on their head loaded up with ketamine. It goes on here to say, folks, it began more than a decade ago as engineers and hobbyists started getting enthralled with a jury-rigged electric technology that purportedly enhanced brain function. The movement is still growing, and the brain zappers are no longer just young garage tinkerers. Now they include older professionals who fork over hundreds of dollars for high-grade wearable systems. As scientists, clinicians, and industry leaders study these fascinating but controversial mind-altering practices, this is hilarious. As scientists, clinicians, and industry leaders study these fascinating but controversial mind-altering practices, one thing is clear. 
The idea of applying an electric current to the scalp to boost learning or treat medical conditions in the comfort of one's own home is gaining traction. But does it work? Amazing, because you know this to be true. If the state, if the government didn't want this stuff out there, it wouldn't be out there. All right. They would just make it illegal tomorrow. They'd sweep in and stop anyone who's doing this. So I did not do this for this show, but as I go down this path and we start to figure out the manufacturers, the origins of this stuff, we'll see who the people are behind this. Just be careful if your kid is strapping one of these things to their head that they bought on Amazon and shocking their brain, all right? So I'm just making you aware of this crazy stuff that is out there. It says, this form of attempted brain hacking known as transcranial direct current stimulation, TDCS. Okay, so there's TDCS. And hold on, let's go back to the other article real quick. And this one was transcranial direct current stimulation. That was TDCS. So now we have T uh, TDCS. So this is transcranial direct current stimulation transcranial direct current stimulation okay so that's the same thing we looked at in the other article all right but but this is going to get complex folks because there's so many different variations of this at the end of the day uh it's really just zapping your brain but i'm going to try to make this a little bit clearer for you because i've been talking about the transcranial electronic stimulation helmet ever since we covered the doc dr charles morgan the third piece All right, so it says here, it's known as the transcranial direct current stimulation. It is not as far-fetched as it might sound. The brain runs on electricity. Brain cells build up charges that impel chemical signals across synapse Uh, synapses, the tiny gaps between neurons. When we learn something, the synapses involved become conditioned to fire more readily, and TDCS supposedly enhances that process. The tiny electric current TDCS uses, generally 1 to 2 milliamps, cannot actually trigger the chemical impulse that crosses a synapse, but some researchers believe TDCS strengthens uh, synaptic connections to make learning more efficient. Small laboratory studies suggest it can improve vigilance and reaction times. Quote, you get more bang for your buck, end quote, by combining TDCS with conventional training, contends Maram Bixen, a professor of biomedical engineering at the City College of New York. It's just a little more from this. The dawn of non-invasive brain stimulation movement is widely attributed to a 2000 paper by German uh, neurophysiologist Michael Nitsch and Walter Paulus. In a small study of healthy 20-somethings, the scientists showed they can make neurons more or less acceptable, uh, excitable by sending weak electric currents through the brain's motor cortex. The effects lingered minutes after stimulation. Previously, TDCS had only been studied in animals. All right, so this paper was written in 2000, this study that was done by these neurophysiologists. 
All right, so this is non-invasive brain stimulation. And so this is what we're talking about, sort of this transcranial device that sits outside of the head, non-invasive. They don't have to drill the hole in the back of your head like the Neuralink brain chip that Elon Musk is working on. All right, so I'm going to I'm going to pass over this article. I just want to show you, all right? Because this is now something we know exists, all right, folks? And now I want to show you this. This is over at midcitytms.com. And this article is knowing the difference between RTMS and TDCS, okay? So as I said, this is it's going to get complicated, but as we move forward and we listen to these transhumanist doctors and try to dissect this mantle, analyze and understand what they're talking about, we kind of have to get ourselves familiarized with these terms. So this is knowing the difference between RTMS and TDCS. Patients often feel trapped when their depression doesn't respond to traditional methods of treatment, such as pharmacology and therapy. All right, giving them drugs or talking to them. Depression is a treatable disease. Traditional methods are not your only option. Non-surgical brain stimulation methods are continually gaining attention as effective strategies for treating depression. As the field's recognition broadens, new methodologies have emerged. So here we go. We have RTMS, which is repetitive transcranial magnetic stimulation, is established and trusted a form of non-surgical brain stimulation. And then you have the TDCS, which we talked about, the transcranial direct current stimulation, another brain stimulation method. Mid-City TMS wants to help our patients understand the difference between RTMS and TDCS by explaining how the treatments are conducted, their safety, and their effectiveness. The term TMS is often used interchangeably. So with RTMS through RTMS, what is usually used in clinical practice refers specifically to repetitive delivery of TMS as opposed to single pulse TMS, often used in research settings to explore brain functioning. So let's just, let's talk about this because this stuff is out there, it's being used. You may not have heard of it. I didn't, I'll be honest. And so now we know that this stuff that Dr. James Giordano, stuff that Dr. Charles Morgan III have talked about is being used out in the private sector right now. So RTMS employs the magnetic field to stimulate the brain's nerves. To accomplish this, a pulsing electromagnetic coil is placed near a patient's head. The patient rests in a specialized chair. The patient doesn't require an anesthetic anesthetic for this procedure, which lasts 20 to 45 minutes. On average, candidates for RTMS will schedule five TMS sessions per week, lasting between four to seven weeks. Jesus, so you end up with 20 to 35 of these things. Between 50 to 70% of patients with previously unresponsive depression find substantial relief with RTMS. For an in-depth explanation, you can continue on here. It says the side effects uh, 
It is uncommon for patients to experience side effects and rare for patients to end their RTMS treatment due to side effects, but they can include facial twitching or uncomfortable scalp sensations accompanying the RTMS coils pulsations, mild headaches, which usually resolve after the first week. Seizures are the most serious potential side effect, but they are extremely rare and always avoidable with proper screening. And so it goes into, uh, so that's the RTMS, all right? And now the TDCS, which we're learning about here, the transcranial direct current stimulation, utilizes low levels of electric current to stimulate the brain. Small battery-powered electrodes are placed on the head and secured with an elastic strap. The TDCS devices are connected to a stimulator that sends currents through the electrodes and into the patient's brain. No anesthetics are required for a patient to undergo TDCS. Sessions typically last between 20 and 30 minutes. Daily stimulation can lead to accumulated uh, excitability effects. Standardizations outlining treatment frequency are not yet in place. There is limited data quantifying how long it takes TDCS treatments to wear off and require administration. Okay, patients should receive TDS treatment at the same time of day to lower the risk of disrupting their sleep-wake cycle. Side effects include itching, tingling, headache, burning sensations. All right, when we get back, I'm just going to tell you the difference between this RTMS and the TDCS. But folks, when you tuned in today, a Friday, did you know you were going to be learning about people who are actually sitting around and shocking their own brain with electricity? I swear, I'm thinking I should do a live demo of this. But you know what? I have a kid on the way and I'm not about to put myself at risk to be some sort of transhuman Frankenstein monster. Monster. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. All right, folks, we are back from the break. My name is Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. Folks, I don't know what, what you would find more fascinating than to familiarize yourself with these transhumanist technologies and these terms. Uh, sometimes it's like going back to uh, high school biology or chemistry here, uh, but it's good. I'm 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 learning about this as you're learning about it. I find it to be fascinating. Either that, or I could be talking about, you know, what Joe Biden did today. He brain farted, or he real farted, or he sharted. I don't know. I don't find that stuff to be fascinating anymore. In fact, it just angers me. So instead. I would like to fully understand what our government and these technocratic transhumanists are doing and what they have planned for the future of humanity so that I can try to warn as many people as possible about it and avoid it in my personal life. So who knows? Maybe you end up at the hospital and they try to get you hooked on one of these things. 
Let's just read this quick, and I'm going to move on. Because, again, this stuff, I haven't shaped all this yet. I'll eventually build this into some sort of a show. I'll show who's behind it. But right now, it uh, helps me better understand James Giordano and what he's talking about. It goes on to say the difference between RTMS and TDCS FDA approval. So RTMS is the most commonly practiced brain stimulation method. It received FDA approval in 2008 and is indicated treatment uh, option for patients with treatment-resistant depression. So if you have depression and you can't be treated through pharmaceuticals or through therapy, you know, talking back and forth with someone, then uh, this is indicated as a treatment option for you. In addition to its acceptance in the United States, RTMS has gained approval and widespread use in Canada, Australia, New Zealand, European Union, and Israel. Okay? So it is everywhere in the West, ladies and gentlemen. And then TCD, uh, T. DCS, the FDA hasn't issued an opinion on it. In the United States, TDCS is under the investigational regulatory status. A study published in the U.S. National Library of Medicine cites TDCS as a complex and currently poorly understood means of stimulating neural tissue. It cautions clinicians to have current scientific knowledge of this developing treatment method in order to ethically practice or prescribe TDCS. So, folks, I think we know enough now where you and I could start prescribing this. If not, we can start at least selling this technology to friends of ours, probably those who lined up for multiple vaccines and boosters. They would probably buy into something like this. If you told them that it was going to protect them from the latest variant of COVID, you know, the XXB45C34-2-1917 Omicron 7, then uh, they might buy something like this from you. Let me show you this. Uh, I found this to be quite interesting, actually. This is over at tdcs.com. Oh, yes, they have a website. And so this is TDCS versus Neuralink. So the last company we looked at was selling the other service, right? They were selling the uh, RTMS. So they were saying TDCS is inferior to RTMS. But now... We have this uh, TDCS.com versus Neuralink. And it says, right, and Neuralink, as you know, is Elon Musk. So I found this to be great. It says Neuralink and Elon Musk recently provided a second update on their implanted brain stimulation and recording system. You can watch the recording here. And so this is published in September 2020. And so it says, is TDCS better than Neuralink? That's, of course, a bit of a cheeky question. But at TDCS.com, we will answer it. And so it says, uh, availability. You can get TDCS now. And TDCS is affordable. See our list of recommended TDCS devices and exclusive discounts here, folks. We can get a discount on this stuff. Neuralink is currently not available to anyone who is not a pig. Okay, because remember, they did the uh, tests on the pigs, the three little pigs. While Elon Musk announced the FDA gave Neuralink breakthrough status, that's a little misleading. While some breakthrough devices are available to patients, the Neuralink is not even built in a final form for that yet. All right. 
It goes on to say, number two, cost. What is a better buy, TCD or TDCS or Neuralink? Neuralink was noted to bring down the cost of implanted complex brain stimulation devices to a consumer level, but that's like bringing down the price of a flying car. First, until the first consumer-ready Neuralink is made, no one can really talk about cost. Second, it's still going to be very expensive. Now, remember, Musk had said on Rogan he's going to try to offer it for a couple thousand dollars, which is the same range that the new AR VR Apple headset is going to be. And again, folks, you'll be able to uh, finance this over a payment plan. Everybody offers them now. It'll probably be $12 a month to have a brain chip put in your head. It says TDCS is available now, so we actually know the price. While some of our more advanced research systems by Sodorex Medical can run tens of thousands of dollars, consumer TD, uh, TDCS devices run from around $100 for entry level to about $400 for top systems. All right, so the cost winner there is the TDCS. They need a better name for this because TDCS is just so hard to say. I feel like I'm reading a Dr. Seuss book here. goes on to say, number three, what is it good for? Which is more useful, TDCS or Neuralink? Elon Musk listed a bunch of potential applications that Neuralink might be used for. All right, and so then they have a graph here. Almost everyone has neurological problems over time, so we need a generalized brain device that is reliable and affordable. Memory loss, depression, anxiety, hearing loss, insomnia, addiction, blindness, extreme pain, strokes, paralysis, seizures, brain damage. Well, of course, Elon Musk is God. He will fix all of those things. It goes on to say there is good evidence that an implanted system could help with these diseases, but not with Neuralink devices since they are not tested in humans. Deep brain stimulation, DBS, from Medtronic and spinal cord stimulation, SCS, from Boston Scientific, are examples of existing devices that work, though Musk did call them brute force. TDCS has been tested and used for all the neurological problems listed by Elon Musk, including depression. So it says, what is the good for winner, TDCS? All right, what is cooler, TDCS or Neuralink? Neuralink is cool. It's a company with a vision and the resources to break the mold. Sure, they are building on decades of brute force Uh, implant work but they are pushing for a new form factor and consumer look that could really change how people interact with the technology tdcs has already changed how people interact with technology from treating disease to increasing brain performance to being better at sports tdcs is of course ready today and we can expect devices to get more advanced so cooler And so it says, what is cooler? Winner. TDS is working now. It says overall winner is the TDCS. The reason is we like technology that is already available, known to work, affordable. It will only get cheaper and better. And then if you want to learn more about this, you can go through the website. So, folks, if you want to know more about this, go to TDCS.com. So these guys are challenging Elon Musk Neuralink, who has the cooler devices. Now, I'm going to pull this up for you. I thought you would find this to be quite fascinating, ladies and gentlemen. This is a website here, Capitron.com. And they are selling these products. You can get them.
there's like a spandex helmet with dots all over it it's called an electrode placement cap uh they have a brain net 1020 electrode placement cap that's like bands it's a cheaper uh or actually this one's more expensive then you can get the brain premier tdcs device uh it's basically looks like an old school ipod and then you have the activia dose tdcs device starter kit for 399 dollars you have the saline solution tdcs sponge insert replacements though folks this is real if you haven't heard of this you ought to check this out they have a lift id tdcs device looks like a pair of glasses uh i don't even know this sticks on the top of your head they've got straps uh other types of helmets a focus v3ts device i mean there's all types of things cables coming out of them eventually we'll pull up a video on this but yeah i mean page after page of this stuff folks so this is the transcranial direct current stimulation so you can go to caputron c-a-p-u-t-r-o-n.com and look up the transcranial direct current stimulation and you're going to find a host of products that you could just order and i guess you can just start tweaking your brain at home which will probably go well with some of the uh, mindbloom.com ketamine psychedelics that you can get for your home too so you can run mk ultra mind control experiments right on yourself in the comfort of your own home now the question is are they going to couple this consumer version and and let me tell you this stuff is not ready for prime time i haven't looked into it yet but i would imagine apple or google or facebook or somebody will have to come out with something cooler because right now it looks like you know nazi laboratory experiment stuff like mk ultra era you know 1950s 60s stuff and so somebody's going to have to create something cooler but i wonder if you could couple the uh tdcs helmets and the devices and the wires and stuff with the psychedelic drugs and then with a pair of vr and or ar goggles on so you can get the full experience as you're tweaking yourself at home and running nazi slash united states mk ultra mind control experiments on oneself well is anyone working on a device that combines virtual reality and tdcs together you know let me know if you run into that oh wait i'm sorry folks i will show you just that when we get back from the break ladies and gentlemen i am dustin gold this is the dustin gold standard and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv ladies and gentlemen welcome to frankenstein laboratories right here on pain.tv slash gold i am dustin gold and you are listening to the dustin gold standard the standard in the crazy technology folks i swear this is amazing i was thinking to myself you know 
I could probably do better if I just switched this podcast around and I started to promote this technology. I'll just create a crazy technology podcast, bring in all the mad scientists, the Frankenstein doctors, and I'll sit here and say, this stuff's fantastic, and I'll let them hook me up and jab me with needles, and I just sit here and promote this stuff, folks. Let me show you something. (laughs) I'm telling you, I couldn't stop today. I started researching this, and it sent me down this rabbit hole but uh this is all real it's not conspiracy theory folks this isn't like we're finding this over at alex jones website he's like listen folks the transcranial direct current stimulation helmet is for the goblins uh, the goblin pig people and we're gonna load ourselves up with some super male vitality to block all the transcranial direct current stimulation uh, from entering our children our pores and everything else this is alex jones with info wars prison planet here but no i'm telling you this is crazy, crazy stuff, but now I see there's a whole industry around this, ladies and gentlemen. Why don't we put our heads together, not connecting them to these devices, just put our heads together and form a company where we get some government grants and we sell this stuff to people. Absolutely crazy. All right, I'm over here at frontiersin.org. It's F-R-O-N-T-I-E-R-S-I-N.org. And uh, before I show you, I I had come across this website in quite a few uh, searches today. So for people who are not familiar with this website, a lot of nutty stuff on here, by the way. But it says their mission, Frontiers is the third most cited and sixth largest research publisher and open science platform. Our research journals are community-driven and peer-reviewed by editorial boards of over 202,000 top researchers, featuring pioneering technology, artificial intelligence, and rigorous quality standards. Our research articles have been viewed more than 1.9 billion times, reflecting the power of open research. And it says their mission, just so you know, I'm not reading this off... um, some quack website now it's quack to you and i but this stuff is widely accepted folks so we are in the minority at least uh when we're comparing this to the scientific community the world of academia goes on to say our mission is to make science open so that scientists can collaborate better and innovate faster to deliver the solutions that enable healthy lives on a healthy planet until we kill everyone uh, the last part I added goes on to say research is the foundation of modern society, and it's thanks to advances in science that we enjoy longer, healthier, and more prosperous lives than ever before in human history. We want to make science even more powerful by ensuring it is openly available. This way, society will be able to generate more knowledge and accelerate innovation, health, and prosperity for all. Right. Sure. You got to thank those scientists and engineers, folks. Fantastic people out there. All right, it goes on to say, I'm back to where we started. So this was a study protocol article, and this article is part of the research topic virtual reality for sensory motor rehabilitation of neurological health conditions across the lifespan. All right, there's 11 articles under here. It says, effect of combined, and now now again, 
we're doing this because James Giordano, the good doctor there coming out of the government, working on behalf of the military, is talking about a lot of this stuff. So now we're looking at what is currently out there in the consumer market in the world of academia. So we know that he's just not talking theoretically. This stuff is real. It says, effect of combined therapy of virtual reality and transcranial direct current stimulation. All right. So I was telling you, we're going to start to see the merger of virtual reality and these transcranial stimulation helmets. And then they'll couple that with these psychedelic drugs, right? I I started to surmise that yesterday, maybe over the last couple of shows. And this is why I started to do some research today because I wanted to see if this was going to happen. And so now we know there's people looking at this, but that's not all folks. It says effective combined therapy of virtual reality and transcranial direct current stimulation in children and adolescents with cerebral palsy, a study protocol for a triple blinded randomized controlled crossover trial. And so I won't get into all of this, but it says background, transcranial direct stimulation, uh, current stimulation, TDCS, and therapy-based virtual reality have been investigated separately. They have shown promise as efficient and engaging new tools in the neurological rehabilitation of individuals with cerebral palsy. However, the recent literature encourages investigation of the combination of therapy tools in order to potentiate clinic effects and its mechanisms. All right, and then it goes through the methods, and they're talking about uh, having 36 individuals with gross motor function of levels 1 to 3, age 4 to 14 years old. So this is a study on children combining the transcranial direct current stimulation with virtual reality. And I'm not going to get into this entire study. I will eventually probably cover this, but again, th- like this would be an entire show. I just want to show you what's out there, what's being discussed over in the world of Frankenstein land. Okay, also at Frontiers Inn, so that's combining virtual reality and the transcranial direct current stimulation and testing it on children with cerebral palsy. Now, they will tell you, oh, how could you not want to cure these kids? Again, that's to tug at the heartstrings, that's to play to human emotion, but Right here, you can see the children and adolescents with cerebral palsy will be used as the human guinea pigs, as the human trials. That's the way it's going to work, folks. Sorry to burst your bubble, but none of these people actually love you or people with cerebral palsy. They just have an easy target to manipulate and play around with. Now, here's another one. This is a piece written under... Uh, brain computer interfaces and augmented virtual reality so this one is brain computer interfaces and augmented virtual reality right so now this is combining the implantable chip versus the transcranial device this is the implantable chip the brain computer interface with augmented and virtual reality 
And I'll just read the first paragraph here. In recent years, augmented and virtual reality has matured technically, delivering higher levels of immersion and presence to users, while it has also become a widely available tool to create a new range of applications and experiences. AR, VR technology allows to create scenarios which are much more stimulating and express uh, expressive than standard desktop applications covering a wide range uh, sorry, a wide variety of areas, namely entertainment, education, art, and health, among others. The fusion of brain-machine interfaces with AR-VR can provide additional communication channels by increasing the bandwidth of the human-AR-VR interaction. This is achieved either uh, explicitly through active BCIs, brain-computer interfaces, or implicitly using passive bcis now the other thing is to add to your index bcis and bmis i came across this today are the same thing interchangeable brain computer interface or brain machine interface so if i say it that way or others say it that way they're interchangeable so now this is a study talking about combining the brain computer interface the implantable chip with augmented and virtual reality and the other one talked about wearing the helmet and combining that with virtual reality so there we go folks what i assumed was happening is actually happening it is all coming together so you will have people with either a brain chip or a transcranial stimulation helmet walking around attached to vr and or ar goggles uh, where they're entering the metaverse or a halfway sort of half real half uh, cyber world with the augmented reality and then these same people because they're dealing with people with neurological problems will also be doped up on psychedelics yeah so you're going to take all of the mentally ill people and then turn them into some sort of cyborgs and now you see the purpose of the cyborg soldier 2050 program as i told you this is not going to be to build you know uh, iron man and incredible hulk marvel superhero characters to battle in the deserts of afghanistan this is going to be rolled out on humans they're already doing it they're using the va veterans coming home they're using people with uh, mental illness they're using people with brain disorders to test all this stuff on now if you say to yourself well how is the government involved right now we're over at clinicaltrials.gov this is a government website and this is virtual reality therapy and transcranial direct current stimulation in cerebral palsy and this is an actual study that the government was uh, running here at clinicaltrials.gov and so in this one they have 20 participants and let me see if I can find this for you folks. Oh, yes. Ages for eligibility are between 5 and 15 years old, and they have to have a clinical diagnosis of cerebral palsy. All right. So this is the old wonderful government testing out uh, people uh, with the combination of the virtual reality and transcranial direct current stimulation and so we will uh, get further into this again i bookmark all this stuff i save it uh, for the future 
Another one I just want to show you here, just to show you this stuff is happening, folks. It's out there. This is the National Library of Medicine. So that's pubmed.ncbi.nlm.nih.gov. So this is the government here. And this is transcranial direct current stimulation effect on virtual hand illusion. And the abstract here, folks, virtual reality is effectively used to evoke the mirror illusion and transcranial direct current stimulation synergistically facilitates this illusion. This study investigated whether a mirror virtual hand illusion induced by an immersive first-person perspective virtual mirror system could be modulated by TDCS of the primary motor cortex. And this is 14 healthy adults, average age of 21, seven men and seven women participated in the study. And they experienced virtual reality with and, with, with and without TDCS. The TDS and sham conditions, each of which takes 30 minutes on separate days to allow the washout of the TDCS effect. Okay, so without going into depth on this, you see they're running mad scientist experiments on people using transcranial direct current stimulation and uh, the virtual reality. And then let, and let me show you this finally before I jump back into Dr. James Giordano. There are plenty of companies out there doing this, but for those people who believe that the virtual reality or augmented reality world is dead or that the Oculus, uh, Mark Zuckerberg's VR headset is not selling up to the numbers they wanted, so it's a dying industry, I just have to show you time and time again, this is because I want you to be aware of it, that this is alive and well. As we've seen at the World Economic forum they are having conversations about the governance of the metaverse the use of uh, vr and ar inside of what they're building which is called the industrial metaverse which is a digital twinning of the entire industrial world manufacturing plants and such and so this company right here if you want to check it out is uh saratasa s-a-r-i TASA.com, and this is a technology solutions company. And on their site, they have custom development for virtual reality, custom virtual reality development by our expert VR developers, VR applications for training, business education, sales, and more. And so they are doing development for safety, HTC Vive, Unreal, Unity, Oculus, education, training. And then you can get started on here, fill out your information, submit your project scope. They are already working with Sony, Disney, Yamaha, iHeartMedia, Toyota, Kaiser, uh, Kaiser Permanente, uh, Makita, Cheesecake Factory, as seen on TV, and many more. So this industry is alive and well. Virtual reality is already in motion, is not going to die. That's my opinion as someone who's looked at different technologies over the years. This is ready to rock and roll ladies and gentlemen it's already out there you just haven't come across it yet so when we get back we will jump into dr james giardano the madman of neuroscience ladies and gentlemen i am dustin gold of the dustin gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash Gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. 
on pain.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold of the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. Let me just throw this in here, folks, before we get back to the good doctor, James Giordano. And as a reminder, folks, we are covering his 2018 lecture to the Modern War Institute at West Point Military Academy in front of a room full of snoozing cadets, folks. They look like they have no idea what this madman is talking about. I don't blame them. I just had to go into all that research for you right there. It took me several hours today to find all that stuff just to start to figure out what exactly this guy is talking about from the perspective of a layman who has not been studying this stuff for the 38 years that he had been at the time that he recorded this lecture in 2018. But just so you know, I mentioned some of this before, but I'll bring it up again. Um, Just in the last week, folks, in the last week, I had three former colleagues of mine reach out to me and and i did a lot of networking over the years all right i was in the corporate entertainment industry as i mentioned so i met a lot of people and i would keep a rolodex and i like to do business development and sometimes i would introduce uh person a to person b not that i was getting any cut of the action or getting paid for it but it helped with my entertainment business because i always stayed in people's rolodex so i would say uh let's say i met you at a sales conference or something, we were doing uh, entertainment there. And you told me, wow, I'm really into, uh, I don't know, um, Cat's Cradle. Okay, so then about three weeks later, I'd be at another event and I meet a guy who says he's got a manufacturing company and they're starting to make cat cradle kits or something i would then say oh you gotta meet bob and so i'd get on the phone with bob and i'd introduce the two and that's how i would stay in people's rolodex not just the guy who sold entertainment but the guy who was really nice and helped people network and so just in the last um in the last week as i've been starting to get my name back out there and network again since since uh uh, a number of things kind of changed in my life. Now I'm doing the show. So I'm starting to network again. And uh, in the last week, basically, I had one friend of mine. He is a salesman. Um, opened some pretty damn big accounts. He's in the food industry. And uh, he may come on the show eventually. Anyway, he reached out to me a couple months ago. And then in this last week, he reached out again. And he is so concerned he's about my age that he's going to end up being pushed out of sales in the next few years and that salesmen are going to be replaced for the most part by sort of virtual reality sales and so he's not a tech guy but he is really interested in technology and he was asking me what kind of stuff i knew who i knew if i could get him in front of anybody because he wants to start talking about developing solutions for virtual reality in sales and so he's trying to position himself as a kind of a thought leader in that space and so he's approached his bosses at work who he calls boomers <coughs> excuse me folks and he said they're about ready to retire 
And so they don't really care if he's going to lose his job in a few years. And his idea basically is to mail out a VR headset to a client, let them take a tour of the space, let them look at all the food inside of virtual reality, send the helmet back or whatever when they're done. He would be the guy doing the presentations inside of virtual reality because he thinks that the uh, companies that hire salesmen are going to cut back on travel expenses and basically end up pushing them out. So he wants to try to call Carve out, a, carve out a space for himself in this new metaverse world. All right, that's one guy. Another guy I know, I met actually when I was doing the Trump impersonation, and I did a Christmas party in Huntsville, Alabama, for a company who was a government contractor, and they developed facial scan technology for drones. And the CEO of that company was the head of Arsenal, our uh, missile defense program. And so a guy who worked for him, he was like a marketer, public relations type guy. He has a company he's working on focused on augmented reality now. And so he reached out asking if I knew anyone in that space. And then a third colleague of mine reached out yesterday. He has been in the space of placing uh, IT professionals inside of companies for years. He's working on uh, new projects with another company. And so he reached out to me saying, you're in Frederick, Maryland. You have access to like government contractors and stuff there. And we have programmers now in the VR, AR, metaverse, and crypto space. So this is like me, a nobody. I didn't make any money in those fields. Um, Getting people reaching out to me now, asking me if I have contacts in those spaces as they're all trying to grow their companies towards VR, AR, and uh, Metaverse. And years ago, the big thing was big data. Uh, hopefully, I can get the guy on who I talked to yesterday, see if he'll come on the show. But he's very pro-technology because he's made all his money in technology. But his thing years ago was machine learning, big data. He was on that 10, 12 years ago when I didn't care to know about any of this stuff. So the point being, folks, is if you keep your ear to the ground, you will hear people that work in this space, younger people playing around with cryptocurrencies, goofing around with VR, AR, people that like to program as a hobby, that you will see this stuff is alive and well, folks. And I know a lot of people my age and younger that have been dabbling with the government pot that are already talking and getting excited about the government psychedelics coming out. So this stuff surrounds us. And when you're aware of it, then you could avoid it. You can try to insulate yourselves because remember, you're going to have people driving around with this, walking around high on government drugs, you know, with these things strapped to their heads. And it is going to get crazy out there, ladies and gentlemen. Every day will look like Halloween soon. I'm telling you, if we thought it was wild before, it is only going to get crazier. All right, let me pull this up, folks. We are going to return to this discussion with Dr. James Giordano. All right, let's continue. I backed it up about 15 seconds from where we ended yesterday. If you haven't listened so far, I highly recommend that you listen to episodes 65 and 66 because I think we pulled a lot of valuable intelligence out of James Giordano. Now, he has me thinking about all the different ways the government could have played us and played with with us the last two and a half years during COVID land, the high school theater production. All right, let's continue. And then uh, hopefully my brain will sync back up with Dr. James. This, this meeting 
he's espousing a very different philosophical stance and orientation, and his followers no longer adhere to his precepts, his tenets, or his lead. And I fractured the relative arrangement of trust, engagement, capability that he fostered. Okay, so what he is talking about there, if you did not listen yesterday, he set up a scenario in which he goes into a room with an enemy, an adversary, who he negotiates a meeting with under the veil of a white flag, okay? So this guy is coming to him ready to negotiate, and the fine Dr. James Giordano, because he is such an upstanding citizen, he slips this guy a drug, his adversary a drug, someone there to negotiate, he slips him a drug, and he says he can wire that drug to either make this guy walk out of the room and tell his followers that he loves Dr. James Giordano, although he went into the meeting hating him, or he can make that drug where the guy comes out and he doesn't make any sense, and therefore his followers no longer trust him. Leaving that population disrupted and vulnerable to intervention to a coup d'etat, to a junta, to some type of insertive reassumption of leadership. You see how this can work? Furthermore, I can use this very tactically. So, so again, now he's talking about setting this guy up so that his followers no longer adhere to, um, to him because James Giordano uh, drugged him. Uh, and made him act outside of his character, and now that will set up an a coup d'etat. And I mentioned yesterday, again, I'm not protecting Donald Trump or praising Donald Trump, but I was saying, imagine if that was the situation that occurred with someone like Donald Trump when he would walk out to a press conference and he would look confused or look like he was rambling. How do we know they aren't doing this? Not that Joe Biden is a good guy, but this could be done to Joe Biden, or they could have done this to the masses. All right, how do you know the people who got tested, the people who got vaxxed, the people who got jabbed, whatever? How do you know that those people didn't get introduced with some sort of chemical that made them love their captor, love the government, instead of revolting against it? Let's continue. Some of these agents allow me to assemble the agent on site and not have to stockpile it, which allows me to take the components of this agent into and out of a country, relatively covertly, target a specific individual, change or eliminate that individual with very little attribution and trace and be able to leave prior to any attribution. Change or eliminate that individual. So now he's talking about assassinating an individual using one of these drugs. Again, this is about the novel neuroweapons. He's talking about drugs and bugs. Let's continue. Think Novichok. Or I could assemble very small quantities of this that would then allow a specific intervention characteristically in a place that would not allow such an intervention, think of the use of a derivative of VX in an airport. But I could do more than that. I could also incur a much broader type of ripple effects. And one of the ways I could also do that is with what's called high morbidity neuromicrobiologic agents. It's a real fancy way of saying neurobugs. But high morbidity neurobugs. I may not want to kill a lot of people. In fact, arguably, I may assume what is sometimes referred to as the Sailor Malin mantra. For those of you who may be fans or students of military history, you may remember that Sailor Malin, Wing Commander Sailor Malin, was a South African who flew with the Royal Air Force during the Second World War. And he became well known during the Battle of Britain for shooting up German airplanes but letting them limp home, particularly bomber aircraft. 
And they would ask Seller Mallon, oh, Wing Commander, why didn't you shoot that plane down? And his adage was simple. Better to have that plane return home with wounded crew who are spitting up their lungs, one dead crewman that they had to attend to and therefore divert their missional capability while in flight, then shoot them down. Because the psychological effect will be rippling and devastating. This is sometimes referred to as the Malin effect. What can I do? I can use a particular bug that I may be able to now modify through the use of gene editing technique that is ubiquitously available and fairly easy to use to take a bug that was previously relatively benign and non-pathogenic and make that bug virulent, pathogenic, dangerous. And then what could I do? I could introduce that bug in key sites. Des Moines, Seattle, Tampa, Newark, Houston. I'd get a few people sick. I'd do it on an airplane, do it at an airport, do it at a sporting event, do it on Black Friday. And then what I would do is I would take credit for that, but I'd want to make sure that at least part of the symptomatic constellation was not only neurological, it was profoundly psychological. Agitation, debilitation, sweating, stomach problems, sleeplessness, cardiac problems, things that are very what we call top-down neurological in their effect, brain to body and body to brain in the bottom-up cascade. Then what I would do is I would get on the internet and I would put out over the internet, I did it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that was not in fact Dr. Seuss, that was Dr. James Giordano. And did you not hear what he just said? The ability to genetically modify a fairly harmless bug and to spread the bug around city to city to city, not just to get people sick, but to make them have all types of very painful symptoms that would create a psychological effect and then get out there and announce that you actually did it. Well, we know that Bill Gates and others mess around with mosquitoes, and then they brag about it out in the public that they are messing around with mosquitoes. You say, well, how else could they do this? How else could they have a psychological effect on the populace? Well, I don't know. You have a madman like Dr. James Giordano give a speech like this, talking about torturing people, manipulating their minds, uh, killing them, making them sick. And then you release it on the internet as a speech to the Modern War Institute at West Point Military Academy, and you let everyone out there watch it, and then let people like me analyze it and go, wow, this government is crazy and it's sick, and look what they could do. Maybe this guy is running a psychological operation on us. Maybe that's what this is all about. Well, it's working, folks, because seriously, the fact that this guy is sitting here and talking to a room full of cadets about this and they let this get out online is insane. But it gives us a high level of intelligence, at least to what these people are admitting to. And as I told you, time and time again, MKUltra did not end. None of this ended. Our country is horrible. These are the doctors, the scientists the Frankenstein doctors that they allow to come up with this crazy stuff. Folks, when I get back more with Dr. James Giordano, seriously, think about what he just said. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. 
Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. And you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. Folks, this is the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night. This is the type of stuff that makes me go, wow, our government is pretty sinister, folks. And it makes you wonder what they did to us over the last two and a half years, seriously. Because even though most places are reopened, and I don't know, it just doesn't feel the same. It feels like we are in this new normal. We are in the process of building back better, whatever better is. All right, I backed this up 10 seconds. Let's let this go because this stuff is fascinating. He's talking about literally making everyone sick in all of these different cities. And again, this is back in 2018. So you wonder if someone like Dr. James Giordano got a seat at the table uh, after putting a speech like this together. And they said, hey, good doctor, come in here. We need you. We're going to roll out COVID land, the high school theater production. What do you got for us, sir? All right, here we go. Brain to body and body to brain in the bottom-up cascade. Then what I would do is I would get on the Internet. And I would put out over the Internet, I did it. Oh, yes, I'm that dangerous G group that you should all be afraid of. And, in fact, this is far more ubiquitous than I let on. These are only the first cases. I've let these buggies go all over the country. And your early warning signs are agitation, anxiety, worry, sleeplessness, stomach problems, heart problems. What have I done? All right, let's pause there for a second, folks. And listen, I am not saying this is the case. I'm just putting this in context for you with what has happened, what has occurred over the last couple of years as everyone is looking for answers. Well, he just said, we just list all these symptoms and we throw them out there. Well, what happened during COVID land, the high school theater production? I had friends of mine, people that would say to me, oh, but I lost my sense of taste. I lost my sense of smell. You know what, folks? That happens to me pretty much every year right around now. This cold that I have, yeah, I can't taste things very well when I eat them. Because your nose is full of snot. And so when people would say that to me, I'm like, listen, think back, get your head out of COVID land. You have gotten a cold at the beginning of every winter season for your whole life. Many people I know get allergies during the spring. Okay? So they took all these symptoms that were part of the cold, part of the flu, And they promoted them, they turned them into propaganda, they weaponized them, and they got everybody and their mother thinking that they had COVID. And they ran down and they let the government shove Q-tips up into their brains and eventually lined up to let the government stick them with a needle and then threw on masks and stopped in the middle of the grocery store and rubbed down with every single one of the hand sanitizer dispensers they saw and took a shower in the middle of the aisles. I sat there and laughed my ass off back when this was happening in the first couple of weeks of COVID. And I said, well, if I was the bad guy, if I was China and I released a virus, or if I was the United States government and I was the one who concocted this, I would poison the inside of the masks. 
I would poison the hand sanitizer, of which we found out later some of that stuff did have poison in it. And I would scare the crap out of people that way and get them to use all these devices that were, in fact, poison and might be spreading an actual virus that they created. And so this guy is literally telling you this is one of their weapons of war. And it has to do with uh, neuroscience, brain science, because part of this has to do with the psychological operation coupled with the actual genetic modification of these bugs to get people sick. But then it's, it's tied into the psychological operation. All right, let's continue. I've rippled the sheets of the worried well. At first blush, I get every hypochondriac running to their physician, but at second and third blush, I get those individuals who begin to become worried that they may have been exposed to this. That the- Pause right there. What did he just say? He gets every hypochondriac to run to their physician. Well, that's what happened during COVID land. Every germaphobe was freaking out, and then they turned a bunch of people into germaphobes. And think about the other psychological operation that ran. Every single person who stood by, let's say, Trump, or let's say Ron DeSantis, or let's say Greg Abbott, the governors of Texas and Florida, and they got those people suffering from Stockholm Syndrome, which was every governor who would just slightly put the boot on your neck or put the boot on your neck and then lift it up for a day, they would run to them as a hero. So they were praising and worshiping the people that were torturing them. And so that is a major psychological operation. Look at people today that still defend Donald Trump. And if you're one of them, fine. But Donald Trump goes out there and he still says, my vaccine, the greatest vaccine, the beautiful vaccine. Without me, we wouldn't have created the vaccine. He literally is telling you this while at the same time you believe that people are dropping dead or getting cancer because of it yet you still praise him and support him and come up with these mental gymnastics to sit there and say well he didn't mandate it and force it he just is telling people he agrees with it so if it's poison and it's killing people how is he not responsible well that's part of the psychological operation that's the stockholm syndrome so this guy is explaining exactly what occurred over the last two and a half years let's continue children may have been exposed to this that their loved ones their kin their kids may have been exposed to this of course The physicians, the CDC, the public health service comes back and says, no, no, that's not what's going on. But I get back on the Internet and I say, oh, don't you listen to that. That's fake. That's false. Your government knows what's going on. They can't do anything about it and they can't treat you. They're going to end up quarantining you. How many people would I need to affect? Think about that, folks, talking about quarantining, talking about the government not being able to protect you. This could have been an operation run by our very government. Come on. Either that, either that, if you want to believe it was China that did this, then uh, China might have watched this speech that we're watching and they said, thank you for the intelligence, Dr. James Giordano. And then you'd ask yourself why something that appears to, uh, that it should have been classified, why this speech is even out in the public, folks. 
while everything else in this country is classified for the sake of national security. We can't know about half the stuff our government is doing because of national security, but this speech gets out there. I'm going to actually cut this clip, I think, and put it out uh, just as like a five or ten minute uh, thing with a quick explanation analysis uh, on the Dustin Gold Standard podcast channel so you can share that with your friends and family because uh, that is pretty damning, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's continue. We modeled it. Somewhere between 12 and 240. What would be the effect? Hang on, folks. Within 41 to 45 days, we would crash the United States public health system. Crash it. In so doing, I render the United States infrastructure vulnerable, either there or elsewhere. See the ripple effect? See the disruptive effect? I can disrupt an individual from the level of their cell to their system and disrupt individuals on a variety of levels from individuals all the way up to the social fabric. And that social fabric may go even further. It may be geopolitical. I need you to think just for a moment, if you could, why would it be of any value at all to affect disrupt and disable individuals who are U.S. Embassy personnel in Havana. When did it happen? What was happening? What would be the benefit in fracturing a growing economic, political, and social trust in that part of the world? Who would benefit? What would be the long-term effects, for example, of at least indicating that U.S. Embassy personnel and Foreign Service personnel are vulnerable to these types of threats? Could you, in fact, pair the threat with some type of condition stimulus? So now what you're able to do is to evoke a response in the worried well. I only offer possible suggestions for your speculation and your uh, consideration, if you will. Right, and that is what I do, folks. I'm only offering you, I'm only offering you possible uh, situation so that you can speculate on these matters that maybe Dr. James Giordano is talking about wargaming, real-time think tanking, how a COVID land high school theater production would take place, folks. Seriously, think about it over this short break because that was amazing. And again, I'm going to cut that clip and put that out uh, sometime in the next day or two so that you can share it. It'll be somewhere between five and ten minutes. And I won't put a lot of my uh, personal opinion in there. I will just quickly analyze it, explain what you're listening to, and this way you can share that with other folks out there. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back with the crazy Dr. James Giordano. I am Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold, folks. Imagine sitting there as a cadet and listening to this stuff. I mean, would your mind not be blown, folks? You just want to go back to your dormitory room and have a beer after listening to Dr. Death over here 
tell you about uh, how he's planning to orchestrate a COVID Land the High School Theater production. But there it is. These are the type of people that our government employs, the state employs, to come up with schemes like that, folks. Unbelievable stuff. All right, listen, if you have not left a review at Apple Podcasts, five stars plus a comment, I would appreciate that very much, folks. It helps us grow. The show is growing every day. I'm really, really happy with that. Eventually, I'll lay out some additional plans where um, I'm trying to get this show to go to for what reasons, and I'll explain it. I'm pretty trans. I'm a pretty transparent guy. Um you know, in order to make this show work, I've got to get to a certain level. I prefer to be doing this rather than utilizing my skills to basically sit around and do nothing. I'd rather be sharing this information with folks out there. So I'll get to that probably next week, lay out some of the battle plans, explain what we're doing, where we're going with this, and um, and then we'll see how you guys can help with that, folks. All right, but just leave me a Apple Podcast review for now. That really does help us. And if you want to, jump over to pain.tv slash gold and join us for the ad-free video version of this podcast and the ability to comment and talk with other people that are listening to this show as well as the people from the thomas paniac community ladies and gentlemen all right let's continue with dr james giordano we can even go further one of the newest developments is that nanoparticulate matter can be stabilized for distribution if you're not aware of what nanoparticulate matter is, it's that matter which exists on a scale of 1 times 10 to the minus ninth. Very, very small. Smaller than a cell. And we can 1 times 10 to the minus ninth, ladies and gentlemen. We manufacture materials that have discrete properties that can be controlled by virtue of bioengineering and their physical chemistry. To auto-aggregate, to be able to aggregate in particular areas based upon their biological and their chemical sensitivity. But now we go one step further. Most recently, just a few weeks ago, it was announced that you could then aerosolize nanomaterials. And go one step further, I can create small robotic units, controllable robotic units at the nanoscale, and that these two can be aerosolized to create a nanoswarm of biopenetrable materials that you cannot see, that can penetrate all but the most robust biochemical filters, that are able to integrate themselves through a variety of membranes, mucous membranes in wherever, mouth, nose, ears, eyes, can be then uptaken into the vascular system to create clumping, can affect the vascular system of the brain or can directly diffuse into the brain space and these can be weaponized. Okay, did you gather all that folks? Now, to me, I've listened to this before. I'm aware of this type of technology. Dr. Charles Morgan III talked about some of this technology in front of the West Point Academy as well. Okay, so I'm familiar with this. If you've been listening to the show, you're familiar with this. But if you're new to the show, uh, or you're really paying attention right now, you're hyper-focused on Dr. James Giordano, you probably just crapped your pants, folks. Because this stuff is incredible, what he's talking about. Uh, turning these nanoparticles that can turn into a swarm, into aerosols, they can penetrate uh, filtration systems, and they could go up into your nose. Um, imagine combining, so the last piece he was talking about was in the form of creating these bugs, and releasing these bugs that would cause a sickness. Imagine taking the nanoparticles, 
and putting into use something like he was talking about before that they spread through the bugs, right? So now you're creating a sickness inside of people. You combine that with the psychological warfare operation. I mean, this is damning stuff, ladies and gentlemen. This is a government official here talking to the Modern War Institute. Modern War. And remember, he started off talking about the brain being the 21st century battlescape, right? The battle for the brain. And a lot of this he's talking about is combining the scientific uh, forms of war with the psychological operations that come from it. Let me just play that piece one more time for you. Recently, just a few weeks ago, it was announced that you could then aerosolize nanomaterials. And go one step further, I can create small robotic units, controllable robotic units at the nanoscale, and that these two can be aerosolized to create a nanoswarm of biopenetrable materials that you cannot see that can penetrate all but the most robust biochemical filters that are able to integrate themselves through a variety of membranes, mucous membranes in wherever, mouth, nose, ears, eyes, can be then uptaken into the vascular system to create clumping, can affect the vascular system of the brain or can directly diffuse into the brain space and these can be weaponized. And they can be done in such a level that their presence is almost impossible to detect, and as such, the attribution becomes exceedingly difficult to demonstrate. How much of this material would I need? Take a look. This is the front of my pen. This amount of nanomaterial, if be able to maintain and sustain with regard to its deliverability and aerosolization, could in fact affect all of you, or based upon where I come from, New York City, all yous. Look at this, look at this. I'm carrying that material. Would you see it? Would I have to lug a giant weapon into the room? No, I wouldn't. And what if, in fact, I utilized some form of an unmanned aerial device or unmanned ground device as a delivery vehicle? Something like a drone or a bug. Could I do something with that? But let's keep going. Could I also utilize a whole host of devices to be able to affect individuals close in, for example, during interrogations, during social engagements, during human terrain team engagements, or more remotely, in a room? In a theater, in an airplane, in a bus, in a store, in a mall? The answer is increasingly yes. Unbelievable stuff, is it not, folks? I mean, he's sitting there now. I, I, I didn't even bust in because he slowed down a little. It's a little easier to understand them now. But uh, pretty amazing that he's sitting there in front of this room full of cadets and he's explaining this. So up on the screen now, and uh, for those of you in the audio-only audience, they keep going back and forth between a shot of him, of Dr. James Giordano, and then a shot of his PowerPoint presentation. So up on the screen now, he has challenges and opportunities. Relative facility of neuroscience technology, off-the-shelf, dedicated efforts, nations and independent actors, and then recognition of viability of use, variety of applications, and then lack of commitment to neuroscience technology, RDT, does not preclude others. RDT initiatives may augment it, difficulty of global surety. So let's continue with this, but let this stuff absorb, let it sink in, because you should understand, again, put this in context, this is in a, a, a government mad scientist 
And I told you in the beginning, try to look at this from the lens of him talking about you and I as the enemy. If we truly believe, no matter what side of the uh, so-called aisle you came from, you always hated the government. The left complained about the government. The right complained about the government. Trump people complained about the government. Antifa complained about the government. BLM complained about the government. If you hate Joe Biden, you're complaining about the government. If you hate Donald Trump, you're complaining about the government. So we all complain about the government. So if you look at the government as your enemy, the government sure as hell looks at you as their enemy. And everything we've seen them do to us over the last two and a half years would lead you to believe that the government is your enemy. So when Dr. James Giordano is talking about these methods and these practices and this modern form of warfare, look at it as if he is talking about you as the enemy and the adversary, and he is part of the team of elites, the social engineers, the prison planet wardens, the agent smiths in the matrix. That's his team. Transhumanist technocrats, that is his team. We are part of the adversary. We are the enemy. All right, let's continue. So this then represents for us both a challenge and an opportunity. The challenge is that increasingly what we find is that neuroscience and technology is relatively easy to obtain. Many of the things that I've just spoken to you about are viable and obtainable directly to the consumer or directly to the scientist. We also know that many of the products that are available direct to consumer can be easily modified to create things that have a much higher weaponization potential. But more than that, we also recognize that there are dedicated efforts on the part of nation states and even groups of non-state actors and increasingly virtual nations that are using virtual currencies to fund research efforts in these areas. I'd like to think that I'm a smart guy talking to a bunch of very intelligent individuals, but let's face it, we're not the only smart people in the world. And if we're thinking this way, there are plenty of other people who are thinking this way too. Some of them are our allies, some of them may be our competitors, and some of them are combatants and hostiles. Yeah, combatants and hostiles. Okay, so he just said he's not the only crazy bastard that's thinking about this stuff. Other people are. Some are allies, some are, um, you know, their foes, and some are combatants. That would be us. He's talking about us. And when he talked about these virtual states using virtual currency to fund research into this technology, I am a strong believer, okay, that when you listen to Yuval Noah Harari speak, he is speaking to the elites, the people that he perceives to be on his team, the haves, the social engineering class, the technocrats, the transhumanists. He is speaking to them, the people who are seeking out immortality and God status. Okay, I think that is clear. He's not speaking to you or me. He is not warning us about the dangers of big data and the dangers of transhumanist technology and the dangers of singularity, the merger of man and machine. No, he is speaking to the elites. That who is who he works for, Yuval Noah Harari. And so when he sits there and he says, essentially... That this technology that I speak of, that he speaks of, can be used against us. He warns them. I showed you a clip the other day of Yuval Noah Harari saying, imagine the day that the dictator of North Korea 
could read people's emotions while they sit in their own living room. And he will know if you are truly happy, if you're sad, if you're disgusted. And he said, but never forget that this technology is not just for the peasants. This technology can also be used against us right here at the World Economic Forum. And what he means by that, folks, if you listen to him in a number of speeches, he is warning the elites, he is warning the haves that we need to make a move on this technology, we need to control it. Remember, he sits at the world stage. He is not talking as an advisor to the United States or an advisor to the United Nations, or an advisor to the State of Israel. He is speaking to the World Council, the World Economic Forum, a collection of the CEOs, the heads of state, the bureaucrats, the heads of the trade associations, the union leaders, all of the people that believe they're going to elevate to God's status, all the people that are part of this public-private partnership of which makes up the World Economic Forum. And so he's warning them that if they don't harness these technologies and use them against the have-nots, against us, the peasants, the serfs, the plebeians, that we may get a hold of this stuff and utilize it against them. And that is exactly what you just heard. This transhumanist, this technocrat, this Frankenstein doctor, James Giordano, this extension of the state, a spokesman for the state, a scientist, an engineer, a doctor for the state. He just said to the Modern War Institute, West Point Academy, military cadets and faculty that he is not the only mad scientist thinking about doing these horrible things to people there are also combatants people from a virtual state using virtual currencies working on this as well and so what their fear is is that this stuff will be used against them if they don't harness this technology and i'm telling you folks it is a fear in their hearts. If you ever watched Breaking Bad, you will see that one of Walter White, the main character played by Brian Cranston's falses, is that he's basically paranoid. And he always ends up thinking that everyone is coming after him. So he always preemptively strikes and ends up killing a lot of people along the way. And I think that a lot of these guys, as wealthy as they are, as influential as they are, as powerful as they are, they suffer from an inferiority complex. And they always believe that people are going to strike them if they don't strike first. And so this mass genocide that may be in the works of humanity comes from the sickness that these people suffer from. And that is that they believe that the plebeians will strike first. And so what's going to happen, folks, this is where the idea of engineering humanity out of existence comes from. This is where I came up with that concept. Because one, you have the scientists and engineers always trying to make things perfect, always trying to find problems and fix problems, even when problems do not exist. And then on top of it, you have the people in charge, the ones with influence, the ones 
ones with power, the ones that control the wealth, the spreadsheets, the monopoly money, the food coupons. They can spread it around to those scientists and engineers that they are using to engineer humanity out of existence because they believe that the humans are going to strike first. So they are preemptively working to whack all of us to take us all out. I'm telling you, you can hear it in this guy's voice, the way he speaks, and you can hear it in the words of Yuval Noah Harari. I'm telling you, folks, this is what they are after. They want to wipe us out. And those that get to live will be hooked up to the VR, the AR, the metaverse, and drugged out on psychedelics. It's pretty clear where these guys are going with this. Ladies and gentlemen, when I return for episode 68, we will finish this James Giordano lecture and then we have a lot of other very important places to go ladies and gentlemen i am dustin gold have a wonderful evening a wonderful day whenever you are listening to this this is the dustin gold standard and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold the matrix is a computer generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being you're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. <laughs>